Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Jordan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app, Providence Community, from your phone's app store, or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. Well, good morning, everybody that's in the room, everybody that's online. There's cameras. It's so good to see all of you that are here. My name is Jordan. Um, Phil is my big brother, and Nathan is my big brother, and it's such a privilege to be here today and be with people in a room. Amen. Can anyone just give God some praise for that? Um, I, I walked in, and it was funny because we had youth group here on Wednesday, and it was almost like when we walked in, there was more than like 20 people. I felt like I was doing something wrong. You know, I had that moment where it was like, like I felt like a parent was saying, like, you need to go and like fix yourself. But uh, man, I'm so touched this morning I get to, to share and I look at it as a real honor to be able to stand on any stage in these days with, with what's, a, what's happening in our world. And before I get started, I just wanted to tell those of you that are wondering, this is not my quarantine haircut. This is actually my wife told me to grow my hair long. And so the last time I got a haircut, I don't know where she went, but last time I got a haircut was I think the last time I spoke at Providence. So I figured I'd handle the serious things first and let all of you know that this is actually, the Lord is, is birthing something. We're in, we're in birthing stages here. <laughs> And so, yeah, so I'm excited. I, I want to pray and, and jump into the message, but I also just want to say that I think that um, there's not any other place I'd rather be. I, we, me and my wife, we can honestly say this from the bottom of our hearts. We pray for, for providence, diligently for your pastors, and we're just so thankful to be a part of the family and, and thankful for the support of many of you. We know many of you support us online and, and uh, just as missionaries. And if you don't know our story, it's kind of wild right now, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time telling uh, where we are, what we're doing, but we're here, so God's good. Amen? But I did, I did want to share that the last time we were here, we, we spoke of in uh, potentially a few months moving to South Africa, which was the plan we gave. We had thousands invested. We did many things to uh, kind of make a direction with a team to plant a base through YWAM in uh, South Africa. And so in March of a few months ago, we, um, as, as a school, we were running a school, we were going to be leading an outreach team and then staying in South Africa when we had that outreach team of 20 leave us. And uh, as of that month, uh, coronavirus hit. Many of you know how that happened. It's just so unexpected. And we actually had to send like 300 students home from uh, a fiery mission school. And you can imagine the level of frustration and anxiety and emotion. And so in one breath, we Literally in one day, we had all the students in. We were all praying that it was going to be like, there was going to be no corona. We were going to go to the nations. And, and, uh, and then in the next breath, we have a prayer time, and we tell them all that we need, they need to go home. Some of them need to leave like tonight. And they're all, you know, having panic attacks. And so we're comforting students, and we're, we're, uh, we're, we're giving hugs at the same time, trying to figure out what we're going to do. And so this kind of, long story short, it's kind of just put us in a wild season of having to reevaluate everything. And um, all of that to say, we spent some time with my dad in Florida. We had to kind of find a place to go really quick. And uh, they just moved there, and we figured it's cold. There was renovations happening in our place to stay here, and God is good. So we spent some time there, and we're just blessed to be with you. Um, but where we are now, if you're wondering in ministry and what we're doing, we're going to be heading back to Kona in a few months. The biggest YWAM base is there in Kona, Hawaii. And um, it's not all fun and games, but it's, a, it's actually a place of great stretching for us, and it's the ministry that's sending us now. And so they've actually called us back to be on staff with the prayer and worship ministry and, and uh, just pour our hearts into the prayer room. So we're excited 
about this season, and um, South Africa is still on the table. Everything we've committed to is still in our hearts, and so until God says something else, that is our calling. The timing, we don't know. Uh, they've been saying things like, you know, you won't be able to get into the country for, you know, October, November. We don't know, but we're just submitting it to the Lord, and so that's a little bit about us. I'm super stoked to jump in. Um, yeah, let's just pray, and uh, let's welcome the presence of the Lord again. Is that okay? Jesus, we just, we just, we just love you, Lord. And we thank you, God, that, Lord, when we get in your presence, we don't have to strive, we don't have to work up anything, Lord, because, Lord, you just want us to be real. And, Lord, so we come to you today. Lord, we thank you for humility in our hearts, God. You say when people gather and humble themselves and pray and seek your face, you will heal their land. And, Lord, so we just come to you, we, we pray for, God, those this morning in confusion over racial issues, Lord, those this morning in confusion and frustration from coronavirus, Lord, we thank you that this is a great hour and you didn't cause this, but you're allowing it to do something in our lives, so we cling to you, and we just welcome your presence in the midst of the storm and the shaking today, and we just declare, Lord, that this is a better place to be than any boat on Cadoris Lake or any beach in South Florida, in Jesus' name, amen. As I was driving in, I had to say that lake thing. As I was driving in, I saw like tons of people on Lake Cadoras, and I'm, st- I'm in my car, and the Lord was just speaking to me, man, there's no better place to be than in the presence of the Lord with other people. And so I'm just so blessed to speak. And I think the biggest thing I would wanna get in your hearts as I approach my message is that um, today, in our, in our world, I think we're at a, a point, I shared this at Youth this week, but I think we're actually at a point that... Um, to where things have gotten to a place of where this isn't what we prayed for, but in a sense, when we're praying and talking of revival and the move of God, we're actually in the place that is actually spoken about throughout scripture to where things actually stir up and revivals happen and moves of God happen. And it's a place of desperation. And I think for the first time in history, um, I, I talked to the generation on Wednesday, their generation is at a place of it that no one's ever been. And I think that these are days to just kind of approach even this morning with a new perspective and say, God, man, yes, everything is crumbling. Yes, there is racial tension and there is racism and there are these things, but God, what are you saying about the hour we're living in? And Lord, if I'm seeking a move of your spirit and and for you to change my life and for you to grow me, is this what it looks like? Does the world have to be so desperate for you because there's nothing else to hold on to? And uh, Lord, so that's that's the heart of my message today. I wanna just speak from a, a burden And this is something the Lord's been teaching me. Um, But the burden is simply this. I feel like in my life, the Lord has taught me this this past year and all the shaking and things we've gone through in the transition. But it's simply this. I believe that so many of us come to faith in Jesus and our faith is simply a prayer from years ago and it hasn't weathered any shaking or any storms. And when the storms come, the foundation is made manifest out of what we're doing, what we're saying, what we're posting all over the internet. And I think for me, Lord convicted me in this last season. I had someone in, my, in our ministry talk to me when I was looking for answers for our next season. And I was expecting them to say, this is where I see you going. This is what I see you doing. But instead they said, I think you need to learn how to be and find God as your foundation when there's no one giving you any ministry to do or there's no one telling you where to go or where to be. And I just wanna approach you this morning with a message of, We need to be able to be so rooted in the Lord and have such a strong foundation in the Lord that when everything around us is shaking, that we can shake with it, but not break. So maybe you can can even say, just shake, but don't break. Let's just say that. Come on, it's good to have people in the house. Let's shake, but don't break. Come on, I love it. 
So with that this morning, I was looking into just different things as I was praying about this message, and I was asking God for a picture to kind of illustrate this, because I think so many times we think of, okay, build us up like a strong building, and I'm going to share that scripture today. Don't build on sand, build on the rock, and we're going to talk about that. But I was actually researching a few things, and I found this awesome um, picture about buildings that are built in Japan. And so I just want to share this really cool kind of to illustrate what I want to talk about, how, and really to illustrate what God is looking for uh, from our lives when it comes to um, how we're built and how we can remain in him in the midst of shaking. So in Japan, I don't know if you know this, but there's tons of earthquakes and there's tons of shaking. And I want to read this uh, just right as I read it because it sounds way smarter than I could ever say it. Japan, when buildings are built, especially the skyscrapers, uh, they're the most resilient buildings in the world. Their secret lies in their capacity to dance as the ground moves beneath them. Japan's skyscrapers are built to move. They don't shatter when things are unstable. They're built for shaking. There are different levels of resistance in buildings in Japan. Some can withstand more shaking than others. And most buildings, most buildings do not fall when earthquakes come. They shake, but they do not fall. The genius behind these buildings in Japan is their ability to lean into and move with the shaking because of hydraulics underneath of the foundation. And the secret to these buildings simply lies in their foundation. And I think that was a, just a really cool picture as I was researching this week for us and this message this morning to kind of give us into a, just get us into a focus as to where we're going and what God wants from our lives. So I truly believe that we really do need to be able to shake with storms but not break and fall in the midst of hardship. And we're gonna get into what it looks like um, for, that, for that in our lives. But I wanna share a scripture out of Hebrews 12 before we go any further. It says, this is Hebrews 12, 26 through 27. It says, once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. The, one, the words once more indicate a removal of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. In this context, shaking is kind of um, referred to as a state of instability. And so what is this saying? What is this saying? In our, in our day, I do believe that we are approaching a season where in my kid's lifetime, this is my belief, you don't have to agree with me, but I want my kids to have a perspective of the fact that there is a man, Jesus, coming back on the clouds for a generation that is in love with him, that knows him, that gave him their whole life, and he will take them with him. But before that happens, there is a great shaking coming. And the shaking is not something I wanna spend time on, but I do believe that we need to know about it. And we don't need to figure out the timing and kind of sit you know, around and have newscasts about is this the, the end times you know, wave of this and this and this. And, but I do believe we need to think about this. And I think that when you look in scripture, there are many accounts to say that things like coronavirus and um, racial tension are not the shaking, but I believe this is a season where God is saying, this is a small thing compared to what I'm going to be doing. And it's not him saying, I'm going to hurt people or I'm going to kill cops and, or any of this stuff. It's, it's simply Jesus in this scripture, I really do believe this, just manifesting right here in Hebrews, saying that there is a day coming where only those that, like it says, can be shaken will remain. And I think, I don't know about you, but I know so many Christians today that when the, the, the slightest thing happens, they are the first one to get on and to post about it, or they are the first one to call their friend and mop about, move about it. And I'm not here to hurt anyone's feelings, but I do believe that there's a strength that God wants to impart into our faith this morning. Does that make sense? 
And I believe that there's a, there's a, a real impartation of, of an understanding of what it looks like to walk and even leave this place, leave your home today with a fresh desire to go deeper in God because you know that what's ahead could be worse than what we're experiencing now. I, I would love to spend some time going around the room and asking people uh, what, what the hardest thing they've gone through this past few months has been. I know we don't have time to do that, but one thing I can assure you of is that I don't know in my life what I would have done if, I'm not a, if I wasn't a Christian, if I didn't have Jesus Christ in my life. And I think some of you follow me on social media. I think this past week I was like nervous almost to get on and, and share about this whole season. But for me, I'm astounded at how many people get on a bandwagon in their hurt and respond to hurtful situations rather than taking the gospel straight to people with the love of Jesus. And I just wanna challenge you wherever you are today, I believe that we need to hurt with those who are hurting. I believe that there's legitimate racial tension. I believe there's legitimate racists in our country. I know one, I grew up next to one, and it hurts my heart. But these are days to not be posting our hurt on the screens and posting our feelings. They're days to point people to Jesus. And, and here's the quickest thing I wanna say about it, and then I don't wanna have another rabbit trail the rest of the message, but... I just truly believe that if we cannot manifest the love, if the love of Christ is not manifesting out of us in a season like this, then it really has not taken root in our heart. Jesus and the gospel has not become our, our, our we, have not, we have not understood it, or something is off, something's off. And I wanna challenge you even now as we just continue to move into the message, maybe even ask yourself in your spirit, Today, I know today for me, I was asking God, would you make this a, a service unlike the rest of the live services? Not because I believe that I'm special, but because I think we get into this rhythm, right? Where we have church and we can kind of pick it up at the time of the day that best suits us. But I just wanna challenge you that today, I believe God is coming after you. His love is so real and you've felt it before. I wanna say that to so many of you, but in these days, if you really have it in your heart, that's what's coming out. You felt it, but these are the days that we go, okay, do we have it in us? Do we have it in us to give? Do we have something to give? And so just with that, I wanna say, I, 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 there's a guy I love, his name's Corey Russell. Uh, he said that uh, people often drift from God. He said this in a, a study I just recently did this past month. He said, people often drift from God when things don't look like they thought they would. They start to pull back slowly. This is because at the end of the day, they were actually worshiping a vision of what they thought God was going to do instead of Jesus himself. And at their foundation, their feelings were what they were living for, not a man. And I don't know about you, but I've even noticed that in doing ministry with youth and different things and stepping into this new season and figuring out the, the calling over my wife's life and the future of what it's gonna look like, there have been many times where I've had to repent before the Lord about things like, man, God, did I call young people to a feeling or to a man? And I just wanna take us here for a moment because I think that in this day, it's more important than any other day for us to understand who the man Jesus is. And I think when I was young too, I grew up around a lot of fiery, charismatic people. And I would, when they would say the man Jesus, I would often look at them and be like, that's a little awkward. I don't know why all my buzzers are, go buzzers are going off. But they would say, I'm in love with the man Jesus and all these different things. And I, what I've learned though, is that there's a depth to being able to realize that there's a real man who came and died and is coming again. And he wants to live in you. He wants to manifest himself in you. And I just believe that in the days that we're in, we have to see a man and not a Sunday morning. 
We have to see a man and not a Wednesday night, right? We have to see a man in the midst of our marriages, in the midst of our families, that there's a man that comes in. Like my wife and I, we love to pray with Haven every night and we love to uh, ask her what she sees. And usually it's about Philip. He knows this. <laughs> she loves Fifi. But here's the thing. Sometimes she'll get like little like pictures from the Lord and it's actually accurate. One time she said, she said, Philip and Carrie need a piano. And I texted him and they were looking for a piano. Like here's from the Lord. But I love watching when and seeing if she can really encounter Jesus. And last thing I want to say with it, I think that for us to approach the next scripture and to just kind of go through this and learn what it means to build on a foundation. We need to see that when we leave a place, when we leave the presence of the Lord, if a, man, if a man did not get us in such a way to where everything in us is kind of saying, oh, something needs to change, then we've missed it. And so that's my prayer for you today. Let's go to Luke 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn. It's Luke 6, 40, 46 to 49. It just says, why do you call to me, Lord, Lord, but not do what I say? For everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They're like a man who builds his house. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck the house. It could not shake. But because it was built well, it did not fall. The one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like the man who builds his house upon the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and the destruction of the house was complete. And so many people know that verse with a felt flannel graft from third grade. And they have the picture of the sand, right? And then the, the big posts that you have and you, you, know, you dig them down. But I want us to approach this differently just with two quick things I believe the Lord wants to say from that scripture. I just believe that Today, the quickest way to understand this message would be to understand that obedience is how we build a firm foundation and that there is no person other than the man Jesus himself to build a foundation on. There's no relationship, there's no hobby, there's, no, there's nothing firmer than Jesus Christ. And so what does this look like? I, I kind of had some, some questions in here that I was going to ask, but... I, uh, I think for many of us, it's, it's, it's clear what a foundation is at this point. And I think that for many of us, we could even maybe look in our hearts right now and think about, okay, so what is my life built upon? And maybe you today where you're at, you could do the same. But for me, I know that um, I think in high school, um, I built my life kind of around the fact that I really wanted to stay in the gym, right? So I didn't look bad. And the fact that I love to fish and golf. And little did I know that with, in the midst of loving Jesus, that those were actually the things that I built my schedule around, my time around, and my whole life around. And so that actually was my foundation. I didn't know this. But it's sometimes this can happen in our lives and we don't know it. And I know that we can have a relationship with Jesus and we can pray and we can have these things that go on. But when your whole life is wrapped up in the things that are in your life and rather than the obedience of who God is and who he says to be in your life, it's your foundation. And so I just wanna name a couple other ones. Some of these at youth, I was praying through what to share because they're different, but one of them I kept and uh, I'll share that one in a second. But examples of some foundations maybe in culture today, maybe for you watching or here in this place, money, 
I know in this season, a lot of us, we really do look at the stock market and think that it can answer our questions. I think for many of us today that peace comes from those things and we build up from, man, where will I be with my business at this point? Uh, another thing might be image or what people think about us. I said hobbies. I know I love hobbies. God has a place for them and he enjoys them, but they can't be what we build our life on. And this is the last one I just wanted to share. I prayed about sharing it because it's more of like a young person one, but I was praying about it and I felt like God said it applied this morning. And it's our family and their faith. Some people build their foundation on their family and their family's faith. Let me give you an example. I know I have a friend I grew up with that when I would ask him about his life and what he believed and where he thought he was going someday, he would say, well, I grew up in a Lutheran church, so I'm a Christian and my parents are Christians and that means that I'm good, man. And that's, that's, that's my foundation. I am a Christian. The Lord's in my life. And I think the Lord was in his life, but his foundation was not firmly in Jesus Christ. It was in his parents' faith and in his family's faith. And he didn't have this moment. You see, this shaking comes, guys, and it reveals where our foundation is. And that's the hour we're living in. And so even as I just say this, this last little thing of, of, of a, maybe an example of foundation, I just want us to think, man, Lord, in the midst of shaking, what has been revealed in my life, in my marriage, that is that the basis of my trust, the basis of my, my strength, where am I standing on? And is it secure? Is it, fit? Is it, is it firm? Last thing I wanna just share is I grew up with a man, some in this room might even know, he loved hunting so much that um, it was his whole life. And one day I remember being at school or something, my dad getting home, he had just gone to the hospital to visit this man because this man fell out of his tree stand and broke his back. And he was paralyzed for the rest of his life. And I remember my dad coming home, and at that time I didn't really know, you know much about the situation, but I remember my dad saying that this man told him that he has nothing else to live for. And he was completely hopeless. And why do I share this story? I share this story because it's a perfect picture into a, a little glimpse at how we see where all of our, our eggs are, what basket everything we've got everything is, if you're following me. Where all of our, I think some people in these days are putting their eggs in the news basket. They're putting like, what is, what is, what's the timing of the green phase and how is it gonna be? I know I'm in one of the seasons when we can go back to Kona. When's this phase gonna open up? But even in our season, the Lord's just like, trust me, Lean into me, the hardship pulls you to me. I've got you. And I just wanna speak that to anyone watching today. I just firmly believe this is a different day. And I believe that we're in a time where the Lord's just saying to you to just tune into his heart, give him your hardship. He's right with you. And in the midst of a world where they're grabbing onto things that look in the physical like they're gonna give them strength, just remember that Jesus is the only one that doesn't fail us. He's the only one. Even parents fail us. I said this to the young people, and I, didn't, I wasn't like downing them, but I think we grew up with this mentality as youth, like, oh, my parents got it all together, but the reality is that they don't. And we've gotta have a, a Jesus that's real to us too. And so I say it to you today, I pray that it makes sense. Let's move in to five ways that I believe that the Lord wants to show us how to be immovable, but shakable. The first one is, take notes, first one is uh, simply that we have to believe Jesus to be who he says that he is. And so what do I mean by that? Well, we can't change when we don't truly believe at the foundational level in our hearts that the word of God is true, that what God said he's gonna do, and that everything that is prophesied about in scripture really holds weight today. 
And so I could, I could share some things which I'm going to to kind of give us some insight as to the, the next few days and what I feel like God put on my heart when it comes to this and in response. But I do feel like we have to understand that for some of us, Maybe we've been trying to make headway in our hearts in this season. Maybe some of us don't even know Jesus. And maybe and that's why you're even here today, watching online or in the place. And this is your day to say, man, Jesus really is who he says he is. And this, maybe this is your day to accept him. And maybe some of you here need to just say, God, refresh me, fill me again. I've, I've fallen far away. But I do know that some people need to just understand that you can put things on your base level as your foundation in the midst of trying to, to do other things. And you just come to the reality sometimes that you really don't trust God. And so I just wanna challenge us that believing Jesus to be who he says he is is the way to go. So we've gotta ask God, do I believe? Have I encountered a man? Has there been a man that has not just uh, met me on a Sunday, but when I left, something changed in my heart. I couldn't be the same. The second one is we have to make obedience our highest priority. And uh, with that, I remember sharing this week at youth that I think a lot of us, our Bible, and this is more of a, a cool thing to say to young people, but I think a lot of us, our Bible is kind of what looks cool with a cup of coffee on social media. And it's not calling anybody out. I do it all the time. I have a message Bible. It looks really cool with wood behind it. And so I post it a lot. <laughs> but I do believe that if God's word is not in our hearts daily, Lord's been challenging me in this so many days that obedience can't happen because pastors don't tell us how to live. The Bible does. Leaders don't tell us how to live. Small groups don't tell us how to live. They help us, but they're just a tool. And so God gave us his word for that. And I really believe that if there's any way to mature in a season of life, it's just to do what God says. He's been showing me that time and time again. I can feel like nothing makes sense, but if I just do what he said the last time I heard him say it, and I approach scripture, I do what he says right that day when I hear it from, his, from the, the word of God, I never go wrong. And he always has my back. Does anyone attest to that? I just know it to be true. It's good to have people here. I kind of forgot. So good. So obedience, obedience builds the house. And with obedience, I just want to say that in YWAM, they teach us really strongly the word passivity and what it means. And I feel like I've watched so many times over the past year in my life, I didn't know that I was, I was living out of passivity. And what do I mean is when I know there's something that God has spoken, when it comes to either an area of purity in my life or something I should say when I'm with people or uh, something that I'm doing in my life that I know needs to change because of the word of God and I'm not doing it, that's passivity. So when you know what you're supposed to do and you don't, you don't do it, that's passivity. And I just felt like the Lord was speaking to me today that passivity is actually the biggest enemy of obedience. And so I don't know where you are, maybe even just asking God as we get to these last few points. Lord, is there any place in my heart that I've been passive? You know, how, how am I doing when it comes to what you've spoken? Have I been faithful? Obedience, obedience, obedience. Number three is we have to lean into hardship and never stop asking God the question, why? And I just wanna share with you, I, I shared earlier that many of us, when things don't look like we expected, we start to drift from the Lord and from the things of God. But I do believe that there are so many times in our life when either a family member is hurting or there's a divorce, maybe a suicide or something happens. And I've watched, especially with young people, it breaks my heart that they'll be like on fire for God. And then like their cousin or somebody will commit suicide. And then it's like their entire world 
just collapses. And yes, it is so sad. There's a moment for grieving and most of us don't grieve right. And, and it, that's totally understood. And we need counseling and we need the body of Christ and it's totally okay. But I do believe that in our faith, when it comes to our trust in the Lord and our foundational understanding of who he is, we have to always ask him why. And here's why, because he'll answer us. And in my life, there's been so many times in this last season where I would go to the Lord and all my narratives would start about, excuse me, all my narratives would start about things that I thought that God was going to do. And I would, I would, I would be like, man, like there's something going on in my life. I know something's gonna change. I don't know what it's gonna look like. Okay, God, what do I do with it? And I would be like struggling, struggling, struggling. I don't know if anyone ever online or in here has ever dealt with false narratives, but it's when your mind just starts just, just kind of feeding all of these things that just really aren't God, they're just you. And I know I've dealt with that so much in my life and the Lord's just been teaching me when you wake up just to come to me, so he says to me and ask me why I'm doing this and that I've got you right where I want you because if he is who he says he is, then all of that is true. And so we have to cling to this in the midst of hardship, racism, everything. God's got an answer. There's a reason the world is at tension. There's a reason the people in your life are with you. There's a reason you are working where you're working and God wants you to be faithful. Number four is we have to get rid of earthly mindsets. Number four. And so with that, as I was praying into it, I felt like, man, God, what does this look like? And I remember this season in my life where uh, a friend of mine, we were kind of talking about uh, things in the Lord and the Holy Spirit and having a theological discussion. Uh, my wife and I went to a, a really strong Bible college. And, um, and so I, we've kind of been in all of the rooms. You know, we consider ourselves pretty charismatic, but we've been in all of the rooms. And I remember I had this discussion with someone and um, I remember them saying, yeah, everything you're saying about God and the Holy Spirit is right but you can't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And I remember hearing that saying. And I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, but I just, the Lord's been teaching me that you have to be heavenly minded to be any earthly good. And I, I'm taking that from somebody, so I'm not gonna say it's my own uh, quote, but it's been teaching me so much because even the smallest thing in my life, if there's a moment, I remember being in uh, Florida a few months ago. Sorry, Holy Spirit, we love you. There was a moment a few, a few months ago where I woke up and there's a little thing in my, in my day that I was really looking forward to. And I remember asking God like, oh man, like why is this happening? You know, I was really frustrated. It was just a small thing. And I remember the Lord just said, get heavenly minded. And so I went on a walk and I just took like YouTube and just prayed and, and my, my, my whole perspective changed. And so there's this, I want us to see this, this season, I think too, as a season where God's not again, not causing it, but saying, here's what it's gonna be like in the days ahead. And here's how you deal with it. And with that, I just wanna share two things. That every choice, every show, every friend that we hang out with, it all matters. And the Holy Spirit is hurt by the things in our life that don't please God. And I just do strongly believe that this morning when it comes to being heavenly minded and living for eternity, that the way to do that is just simply feeding 
and feeding and feeding on spiritual things, feeding on his presence. Man, I love Philip and the anointing over his life and what he brings into him. I love Nathan and the anointing over his life, but it's so many times we feed off of other people's anointings and the callings on their lives. And I just feel like God's crying out to a generation, to a world today and just saying, would you come to me? Would you find me for me? It's not about the type of church you go to, it's about me. Jesus died on a, I came, I died for you. It's, it's, there's, there's fullness in our life when we understand there's a man that wants us to center everything on him. Yeah, spiritual things satisfy our soul. Earthly things leave us wanting more. I know we all know that, but just this last one, I wanna give a special invitation at the end of sharing what it is, but let's just take a moment, silence our hearts. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that when we're heavenly minded, God, you, you show us when you walk into a room, we can sense it. You show us when we're doing things we shouldn't do. We can sense it, God. We thank you, even for a moment like this right now, where I just believe you're in the room. For those watching, he's in your room as well. He's with you, he's for you. He's never gonna leave you. Last, last foundational point I wanna share. So we have to learn how to pray and have a secret place with the Lord. And with that, I wanna just describe what a secret place is. And a secret place is a place where you're with God when no one else is around. And I think that in ministry, you learn this real quick, but if you don't have a place to meet with God that isn't church related or ministry related, then you just fall and you burn out. And so I just wanna challenge anyone watching today, there is an ability to make it through the season that you're in. And it comes from this priestly calling that the Lord has placed on all of our lives. And that's, and I don't wanna get into the, the description and the depth of what it means, but God has called each of us to come to him and give him everything we've got, not come to him and try to figure everything out and ask him for the answer. You come and you lay it on him and you say, Jesus, here's my burden. Would you lift my burden and give me your eyes? And so many times in this past season, my wife and I would have taken opportunities play jobs, seasons, and things that we would love to do outside of what God's calling us to do if we did not have this place in our hearts. And so many times I think we settle for assignments, we settle for jobs, we settle for feelings that are not the fullness of what God has called us to, but it's simply because we don't have a prayer life. And the, the incense that our lives give to the Lord, there's, the Bible says there's an incense that rises from our life when we spend time ministering to the heart of the Lord. The reason we have prayer rooms, the reason we have these ministries that have dancers and these things is because there is a priestly calling for every Christian. It's this calling to come and to give the Lord our offering. 
And so every day we have to have a place. And if it's not every day, it's every other day, but it's gotta be at least every other day. I've learned this, I'm ministering to youth, I would always say, well, you know, as long as you meet with God one time a week, you're good. Then I'd be like, the more I've gotten older, the more I've been like, that is so not true. It's so not true. It's, we've gotta have this place or we can't make it. And so with that, I wanted to say one more thing. When it comes to life in the Holy Spirit and being rooted in God, we can only carry the Holy Spirit to the level that we talk to. And so just as we approach the end of this message and another week of live church, I just want you to go to the Lord with me, wherever you are. Let's just close our eyes if you're comfortable online. And I just, I just feel like in our hearts today, there's an invitation. There's an invitation to be desperate. There's an invitation to, to a greater depth in the Lord. There's not a shame, there's an invitation. Just as I'm praying, I just get a picture of a table just for someone even here today where, where we're at in this room. And I just feel like God is just saying, every morning I'm calling you to the table. I'll feed you. The news doesn't need to feed you. Your wife doesn't need to feed you. She was never meant to. I'll feed you. I'll come, just get real. Lord, I thank you that in my life, Lord, even growing up in a ministry family, Lord, you've had to show me where my foundation has just been not firm and I haven't been able to shake. I've just fallen. And Lord, so my prayer today is just that each of our hearts, God, would not have a, an emotional experience, not feel another thing, God, but they would, they would meet a man whose name is Jesus. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing Jesus to us. And wherever, wherever we're at today, God, I know that you'll find us. So before we close, I just invite you, Jesus, just to come to meet us, give us visions, God. I pray a special grace for those, God, as they rest today on a Sunday. Lord, in their nap times, I pray you would give them dreams. God, I pray for fresh hunger to be with you, God. Thank you, Lord, that a move of God looks like a collapsed and shaking world. Lord, it doesn't look like a perfect church, God. So Jesus, would you come? Would you move on our hearts? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just wanna share one more thing and we'll close this up. But, um, my wife and I were praying. I was talking to Nathan as well, just about one practical follow-up for this week's message. Because um, obviously there's response in our hearts and there's things that God's calling us to each do. Maybe even already in this room, he's revealed some things to you to do today as you go or this week. But I talked to the guys and this week, my wife and I are gonna do a special live video. Don't have the day secured yet, 
but I'm calling it digging a little bit deeper and learning how to pray. And before I share anything about it, I just want you to know, we don't know how to do that perfectly. And I'm not speaking from a place of figuring it all out. But I really did feel like the Lord said that there are some nuggets of truth for those who are watching today, maybe even here that need to just join us online. And so maybe be on the lookout for that. And uh, I just, I, lately I've been so just, op- my eyes have been so open in a new way to, to the, the reality of, of having a prayer life. And so Jesus, his disciples even said, teach us how to pray. That was their question. And so it's a foundational stone that we have to have in our, in our, in our foundation. So my prayers for you, you feel blessed today. And we're so thankful that you joined us. And we hope that in the future weeks that church looks more normal every Sunday as it gets closer and closer to the month of July. Bless you and uh, just have a great day, Providence. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.